basically a little background, if you will, right? And and this will be something that I'm going to ask you to do. So I'm going to give you instructions in a little bit. Uh, there'll be a portion here where I'm going to lay out what I call the X factors, right? And what I'm going to ask you to do is rank yourself from 1 to 10 on those X factors. Not because I want you to send them in to me unless I'm personally working with you, but I want you to have at the end of this webcast a real clear gap analysis on where you are and what has to happen or where you need to be in order for you to accomplish whatever it is your vision is for yourself. Okay? So that's what we're going to do today, and uh, we'll, let's, we might as well get rolling into it right now. So a couple things real quick. Um, you know, the word DNA, which, which I like, right? So what's the makeup or the DNA of a top advisor or top planner, you know, I don't, top anything? Um, what it really boils down to is a couple things. And I think in our industry, there's this, what I call this disconnect. Uh, we, as a profession, way overvalue intellectual capital. We way overvalue designations, uh, you know, how smart somebody is, how bright, uh, from an intellectual academic standpoint. We put a lot of emphasis on that. In fact, for a lot of you, unless you passed a certain test called the Series 7 way back when, or the CFP, maybe not so long ago, if you couldn't, if you couldn't make that happen, no matter how much empathy you had, no matter how much other things you had, you would not be here. So again, as an industry, we definitely, in my mind, overvalue that. What we, what we tend to undervalue and ignore are the emotional elements of it, right? The psychology, the belief set. And you can go back to a couple of months ago when I did my POS, or personal operating system uh, webcast. You know, the difference between somebody who achieves high levels in any walk of life and somebody who does just okay is not that this person is so much brighter, is that this person has a better understanding of who they are and what they need to shift, evolve, change into in order to accomplish what they want. But there's also one more thing, and this is going to be the challenge that I'm going to lay out to everyone here. Are you willing to be brutally honest with yourself? Not me, not the person next to you or anything. Again, you know, you can lie to everybody. The last person you ever want to do is lie to yourself. So what I'm going to ask you to do is take an honest look at truly where things are. Don't see them for what don't see them for worse. Don't see them for better. See them for what they really truly are as is. So let's get into some of the elements, if you will, of a Top producer. The first thing I'm going to talk about is belief systems. And you know, for some of you have been around me for a while. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be very similar. Uh, you know what? I'll probably be doing this 30 years from now. You know, same way. There are just some things that are that are um, absolute in our world. Um, so let's get into it. The first off is, and I don't want to belabor this too much. The bottom line is this. Whatever you think you're capable of doing, whatever you think that you're that you're um, owed, whatever you think you deserve, whatever you think you um, are designed to do, is absolutely 100% accurate for you, right? And what we forget because we get smart is that all change, all elevation, all excellence starts with the belief 
that we can do something. And I think as we get older, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, getting bright. And, you know, they'll say, you know, I'm too smart for my own good. There's a, there's a real accuracy to that. So whether you, you know, for example, if, if one of your goals is, and I'm not trying to put anything on the board for anybody here, but if your goal is to do X, Y, Z amount of business in a year, you know, do you really believe you can do it? And not only do you believe you can do it, do you believe that you deserve it, which is a whole different animal altogether, right? Um, what are your beliefs around the markets, success, the economy, this industry, regulation, clients, people? I mean, you can put anything you want in this box, right? And it's going to shape the next element here, which is what action you're going to take. Because here's the reality as human beings. If we as a human believe we're good at something, and or if we as a human, believe, human being believe we deserve something, we will go and take action towards that. I like it. I deserve it. I'm going to go get it. Simple stuff, right? And, and that's just the way it is. Conversely, if we as a human being believe we are not good at something or something is uncomfortable, and I'll talk about comfort zones in a little bit, but we believe something is you know, uncomfortable or too hard or not worth it or better yet, we don't deserve this, and it's not like you wake up and say, well, I don't deserve it. It's a subconscious conversation you have. If that's the case, you won't take any action towards that. So if you take no action towards whatever it is you want to go after, what happens? You get a certain result, right? So, for example, if you believe that you are not comfortable, good, or deserve working with high net worth clients, right, and you can define that any way you like, how much action, marketing, energy, and effort are you going to put towards acquiring clients in that you know, social economic situation? Not much, if any, right? Because why bother? I'm not good. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable. Whatever. You will move away from it. Hence, what kind of result do you get? I don't get any high net worth clients. I've got all. And there's nothing wrong. Again, I'm not trying to, to you know, put on the board here. You know, one market is better than the other. You know, the reality is I've got clients that have built multi-million-dollar empires on the 250 to 500 thousand dollar relationships, and uh, there's a lot to be said for those, by the way. But getting back to our point here. So you're not going to go ahead and produce or go after that. You're not going to get the results you want in that high net worth space. So what does that do? It reinforces the belief, right, that bottom line is we're not going to go ahead and, you know, that I, I shouldn't go ahead and, and play in that space or I shouldn't go ahead and pursue that because, look, I don't get it. It doesn't work. Right? I don't have any evidence that way. What most people do, and I'm going to see if I can try to find a pointer here. Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. We're going to see for a second. Uh, maybe not. Or we'll take an arrow. Perfect. So, you know, for, so for example, oops, that one. When people go, when people go for training, so hear me out. This is, and this is my, this is the other thing. And I'm always going to be brutally honest with all of you here. When people go for training, when people go, in a lot of cases, for practice management, coaching, and things like that, what you end up is, is you end up in this upper left box. Here's what you need to do, right? You know, here's what you need to do. Here's the form you need to use. Oh, here's the model we have, right? Or here's the software you need to buy. All those things. So what most human beings do when they look to elevate, the first question they ask themselves is, what 
action do I need to take? That is a hundred percent inaccurate. It is wrong. It will it will not get you to where you need to be. That's why a lot of training, a lot of coaching, a lot of these other elements, you know, are basically ineffective because it gives you models, but it doesn't address the initiator of change and excellence, which is the lower left box here, which is look, I can give you ten things right now, all of you can do to double your business in the next three to five years, and guess what? Unless you've got your mind around it, it's irrelevant. It's, it's just intellectual information that will rattle around in your brain that you'll never execute. Execution happens when beliefs are congruent. Executions never happen when beliefs are incongruent. Okay? This is one of the key elements. When I look at my clients who achieve at a high level, and if you were to interview these people, you would find a solid set of beliefs around their capabilities, around their value proposition, and what I mean around their value proposition is that whatever they charge the client, the client's getting 10 times return in relationship and consulting and fiduciary and investment and so on. Like, in other words, they, they believe so, high, so importantly that what they're doing is they're almost underpaid for it. You know, a lot of people in this industry feel like they're lucky to even have a client. Like if they really knew what went on, they wouldn't be a client anymore. So again, you've got to really take a look at that. Your psychology is everything. And most people in this industry, most trainers don't want to talk about this because, well, it's weird. And I say that respectfully. But this is the key to all change. Look, here's the reality. Again, I'm looking at the board. We've got, you know, 60, 70 people on, on, on the line right now watching and things like that. And, and you know, I know some of you. And look, you're all bright people. You're not. You very few, very few stupid people make it to this business, right? Because you have to have some intellectual capital to be here. And I truly believe that each and every one of you know exactly what you need to do to get to where you need to be. You're bright. So here's my question: Why aren't you there? And you know why? There's something in this lower left box that is amiss. There's something here that is misaligned. And until you you can you can spend a hundred thousand dollars on practice management stuff, marketing programs, seminars, software, all these silver bullet fixers, right? All these silver bullet uh, situations, it will be maybe marginally effective. What matters here is what you do here. This is the most important thing you need to get out of today. Until you get your belief system aligned, you'll stumble, you'll crawl, you won't run. And that is just the truth. You know, take it for what you think it's worth, but this is what has to happen. All right? Now, moving on. Now, remember I said that we're going to do some 1 to 10, so here's our 1 to 10 seconds. So what I'm going to do is spend a few minutes on each and every one of these, and I'm going to give you, like, here's what I'm looking for, right? So this is what a 10 looks like, and here's what a 1 is, and I'm going to give you some of that information. And then what I want you to do is, you know, stop multitasking for about 30 minutes, please, and pay attention, and, and this is your opportunity to be honest with yourself. Again, not to me. I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not asking these back. 
I want you to really think. And by the way, they're in, they're in a random order, so don't think that the number one is the first important thing and, and so on. It's not set up that way. So let's hit it again, one to ten. So on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your branding and marketing? And here's what I'm looking for. You, are you proud of your website? How's your LinkedIn profile? You know, is it very clear on why an investor should hire? Why should somebody hire you? Are you clear on your core story, your statement of preeminence? Could you, if you were in a cocktail party or out at church or wherever you is, wherever you were, and somebody were to ask you about what you do, can can you put together four or five coherent sentences, right? Or would you fumble around and kind of mix something up? So how solid is your brand? How solid is your marketing in terms of, again, your website, your LinkedIn profile, your newsletters, right? If you do podcasts, blogs, webcasts, all that. Where are we, one to 10? I mean, are we really, are we really taking it to the limit? Because look, here's the reality. We operate in a highly, highly competitive industry. Not just a highly competitive industry, but we have the other added benefit that people can do this on their own. At least they think they can, right? They can go to, to they can go to a discounter and go open up an account or Vanguard or whatever. They don't need you. So not only do you compete against the, you compete against yourselves and the entire industry, but you compete against people's psychology that they can do it themselves. So think about that. This is a high standard. The bar is set very high here in terms of making sure you get your messaging and your window dressing and everything's done. So again, think about that. Number two, influence and people skills. You know, I, I, I had sales in here, but then people get freaked out over that. So, but bottom line, look, we're in the influence business. So all that marketing and branding, all that's designed to do is get you in front of the right people, right? And if you suck at meetings, you suck at meetings, you're going to be, you know, A, it's going to be very expensive, but B, you know what, you're going to be very frustrated. And I'm going to share a quick story without getting, giving names because I don't know if they're here or not, um, but it's a, a word of caution. So I have, I have some partners of mine, and they decided, and I like the decision, that they were going to go into the retirement marketplace, so a rollover business, right, if you will. And they were going to access that market through doing dinner seminars, which is fine. And and they put X amount of dollars on the board. I don't need to get into how much. It's not really relevant here. But here's the deal. They did it, and they and they were they in a position in the country where if you send invitations out, believe it or not, people actually come. And they, they you know, they sell out their events. And they do them at a very not, very expensive restaurant. And it's not inexpensive, right, to have somebody have dinner there. And then they did a good enough workshop that people actually come to see them. But they short-shifted the meetings. And they got no business. So guess what? I don't care how good of a presenter you are, if you look the part or anything, Unless you can sit down and relate to human beings at the deepest level possible and really get to understand them and build massive amounts of rapport, which brings massive amounts of trust, unless you're capable of doing that, that's a 1 to 10. And here's what people tend to do. They tend to overrate themselves here because I've heard it for decades. You know, Joe, once you get me in front of somebody, I'm good. You know, I just need the opportunity. I just need the at-bats because once I get somebody in front of me, I, I make it happen. And you know what I find? That's BS. No, you don't. 
maybe in the old way before the internet, before the before your buyer had all this information and all these things. Maybe in 1980 you you killed it, right? But in 2017, guess what? It's a whole new animal now. It's a whole new dynamic. What worked even five years ago doesn't work anymore. So how good are we? That's again people and influence skills. Number three, chunking. Now what's chunking? This is not when you get sick in college after a party. So let's be very clear on that. Chunking is, do you know how to take all the projects and tasking and things like that and break them down into specific chunks, right? So take, you know, I got five things, I'm going to chunk this over here. Even goals, do you chunk your goals out into, you know, daily, weekly, monthly? So you take big things and you chunk them down into the smallest common denominator so you can go ahead and execute. For example, uh, I know several, you know, I'm sure several of you have some DOL projects. You may have a number of, of retirement accounts that are out of compliance. So, some of you may have 20 or 30 people you need to talk to. I know I've got a couple clients, they probably have almost 200 clients they need to sit with between now and the end of the year. So if you're not careful, you end up kind of looking at things and saying, oh my gosh, right? Um, and, you, and it's like you, you're frozen because you've got this huge thing in front of you, right? Versus saying, hey, how many we got? How many weeks do we have? Here's how many we've got to do every week. How do you want to extrapolate that down to a day? It's about the power of chunking, the discipline of chunking. So again, on a scale of one to 10, how well are we do on that? Is do we default there, or do we get the deer in the headlights look right? And when we when we're faced with big projects, next one, technology, and I mean everything, right? From planning software to learning your iPhone to a CRM contact manager uh, to email to everything you need to know. You know, some of you, because I know some of you personally, are are what's the word I want to give it? Uh, dangerously naive. <laughs> When it comes to your technology, and and look, you know, here's the reality in our space. We are going to become more technology driven, not less. So here's your choices: A, you could get a working knowledge, right? And I think working knowledge is the word I want to give it. And or B, go get you somebody that knows it. Either way, you need to have this figured out. This is not going to go away. You're not going back to the old days. It's just not happening, right? And, and what are we looking at in the future? If you go back to my advisor 2025 presentation I did, I think it was last month, you know, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, right? The, abil the, avail the availability to do virtual reviews, at a, you know, almost like in a hologram. I mean, I know that sounds crazy right now as we, as we sit here or we, we're here, but that's going to happen. And some of you guys are, are perplexed with email. I mean, think about that for a second. So again, scale of one to 10. Next element, health and energy, big one. Um, you cannot achieve everything you want to achieve if you're running on fumes and vapor each and every day, okay? It just doesn't happen that way. You know, I go back to what I've talked about for decades. This is, a, this is a business of energy. This is a business of being available at a high level. Because look, if you're tired, here's what happens. And this is the way it really works. You end up going through the motions. So your calls are going through the motions. Your reviews are going through the motions. And you're just trying to get through things. You're not driving any result. You're just kind of there. You're half there, right? And over a course of a year, over a course of five years, over the course of a decade, over the course of a career, I am telling you all right now, you leave millions of dollars of, 
personal income on the table unless you're fit, healthy, energy, and, 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 and energetic. And look, I don't care if there's somebody here today I'm looking at the board who's 80 years old. I appreciate if, you're, if you are out there on this call. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to make that happen. So again, I need, and some of you I know do a great job on this, so it's not an issue for you. So again, maintain that, but understand it's important for a couple of reasons, not just the math, but for longevity. You know, our, in, in our space, you know, we're not airline pilots. There's no mandatory retirement age here. You know, I've got clients that I work with today, they're in their mid-70s, and they would embarrass some people with the energy they have each and every day. They would embarrass a 40-year-old with what they bring to the table every day. So you need to make sure you're clear on that. So again, health and energy, one to 10. Next, technical knowledge. And, and look, I'm not saying go get a CFP. So I'm, be very clear. I'm not saying you need to go get a certain designation. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I am saying is, you know, you better keep up with things. You better keep up with new financial planning strategies, tax strategies, uh, technology strategies. You need to make sure that you're always undergoing education so as things evolve, you're not missing anything. Uh, you know, I find from time to time, I can, I can talk to somebody or take somebody on who's got 20, 30 years in this business, and I say, well, tell me how you handle long-term care with your clients or life insurance or this or that, and they, and they say, well, I really don't know much about, I don't really know much about that, right? And so they're going, how are you in this business not knowing that? You know, it, it's almost like I'm a chef and I don't know how to make a roux. I mean, how do you do that, right? So you got to make sure that you understand and always looking at, and, and look, there's plenty of resources for that, so I'm not going to get into that on this piece here. Find your resources and make that happen. It's always a moving target. Next, all of you know what this is, morning success ritual, right, or MSR, right? So this is non-negotiable. This has to happen every day. There's an either there's a two or three part e-learning in Practice Power Academy. Go watch it, or for some of you, go rewatch it. Just because you saw something once doesn't mean you get it. Trust me on this, right? Morning rituals are always it's like health. Just because you do it for a period of time is no guarantee you'll continue to do it. It's a commitment every morning. It's a it, it's it's a commitment every 24 hour period. It's got to become part of your DNA, part of your own personal X factor to take that first 30 or 60 minutes of the day and own it for yourselves. Okay, own it for yourself. All right. Next, next column, top POS, which, which you know, for everybody here means personal operating system. I did a call on this forward. It was very important. Right. Going. So again, there's a there's a recording on an e-learning I did not too long ago or on a webcast. Understand you must master your personal operating system. What are part, what are the elements of your operating system? Number one, your beliefs. Cover a little bit of that, right? Number two, your values, what's important to you and the rules associated to them, right? That's the second and third piece. The, what's the fourth piece? Is your self-identity, how do you view yourself? Do you view yourself you know, as somebody who deserves to be successful? I call it the man or woman in the mirror. When you look in the mirror in the morning, what do you see? Do you see somebody who deserves success, a professional, a value creator, a value giver, or do you see an imposter? What do you see? So mastering your POS. And by the way, as I'm working, I'm putting a new program together, there's a fifth element of the operating system, your internal dialogue. 
What's your self-talk? Do you pump yourself up or do you break yourself down? What is your operating system like? So keep that in mind, a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, we do have a question. Let me see if I can answer from Kate. For a morning ritual, what key, what key factors must be a part of every day? Okay, so, so here, here are the non-negotiables in a morning ritual, in my mind. I'd love you to spend three minutes on your business plan. I don't care if you read module number one. Get your head around the big picture stuff, right? Your morning power questions, your morning visualizations. I can knock that out in five to eight minutes, okay? And you can knock that out multitasking if you need to. I mean, you can literally lay in bed and knock that off, right, real quick. Those, are, those to me are the must gotta have no matter what. The optional stuff, if we're gonna use that term for a second, Kate, would be, you know, if I don't get to my, if I, if I don't get any, if I don't get any um, mental diet in, right, any brain food, if I don't get a chance to review my monthly game plan, because I'll do it when I get in the office later on that day or I did it yesterday, uh, creating your daily game plan can happen either the morning of or the night before or things like that. But the, but the must, I got to be around my plan. I be I got to be around myself in terms of my internal dialogue, right? My questions. I've got to visualize success. Again, the man or woman in the mirror, right? Those are the three things I'm going to say are non-negotiable. And like I said, there's not that's not a lot, and they can be done quickly. So. Um, and again, if you could do it a whole thing, great. But if you're if you're you know if you're just on one of those mornings, and look, we all get those kind of mornings, um, you need to handle that. Okay. So hopefully that answers your question there. Um, next, associations. Now, when I say associations, I don't mean let's go join the CFP or the FPA or IMCA or this or that. That's not the kind of associations I'm talking about. I'm talking about who do you hang out with. The power of associations, right? Mastermind groups, leadership groups, things like that. Do you? How often are you around like-minded people, not just a bunch of advisors who bitch and moan about things, but the right kind of people? You know, the reason why I put Magellan together, you know, I guess now almost five years ago, was that a lot of my clients, when I say, "Look, where do you go? Tell me about the events or conferences." And you know they would go to their 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 corporate conference or their firm conference, and you know you get to drink the firm DNA or the firm or the firm Kool Aid, right? I said, but where do you really go where you get impact? And you know a lot of them didn't have it, so I created it, right? Called Magellan. So where do you find yourself? You got to hang out with like-minded people. Look, this is a negative world. You know everybody embellishes on the the stuff that doesn't go well or things like that. And I don't know. This is what I find. When, when you're in a group of like-minded people, it is like you get all this energy, you get all this possibility back. I was just talking to a, a, a potential new client, we'll see about it, and you know, he made the comment, he says, you know, when you're in a room of like-minded people, it's magical. And I said, you know, Dave, you're absolutely right, it's magical. So, you've, so for everyone here, you've got to go find your own magic. It is critical. It can change the game for you if you choose it to. Okay. So again, the power of associations one to ten. Next, organization. So again, how well are we organized? You know, how's our office look? How do we approach things? How do we, you know, just our total environment from that perspective? You know, and I'm not going to belabor this. You all know what I mean by this scale of one to ten. Next, leadership. And look, all of you here are leaders. I know that's not what you signed up for when you got in this business, right? But here's reality. If you have a part-time sales assistant, a part-time admin, you are a leader. Do not sit there and say, well, Joe, I want to be, you know, I need to learn management. 
You know, you know what? Management in this business never really worked because if you've got to manage, that means you've got to micromanage. And I don't have any clients of mine that want to be micromanagers. All my clients want to, want to get people to row the boat in unison, to make things happen the way they need to. That's what matters, right? Not this other stuff. And unfortunately, as an industry, we've done a poor job, a very, very, very poor job at teaching and training and developing leadership elements. It's just something that is just, yeah, it sounds good, but we're busy doing, you know, we're too busy doing all this DOL stuff, right? So again, how well do you lead? You know, do you when you if you have a team, a built-out team, do they do things because they see the greater good, or they do things because they think it's just their job? How many of your members are there, and you, and they're there because it's the job for them? And that's all it is for them. How many are there because they see the bigger picture? They're bought in. Right, they've got the vision that you have. Right, that's leadership. Next element. Again, we've talked about this, at, you know, all the time. Daily game plan um, written down. Again, there's an e-learning on, on, you know, Practice Power Academy. Bottom line is, if you're kind of coming in trying to figure it out, it's too late. It needs to be in writing or on a spreadsheet or on an Excel file or on the web or wherever you keep it. It just cannot be up here. Can't be in the brain. Right, it does not work well. Next X factor, KPIs. Now, what is the, some of you in consulting understand the term KPI is nothing more than key performance indicators slash system. So a fancy word for tracking. What do you track? How many clients? You know, it's interesting. I could talk to some people in this industry and I say, like, basic stuff. How many clients do you have? And they don't have an answer. They, well, you know, they, they think about it, right? You know, how much money do you have under management, right? Uh, what's your service models, right? I mean, like things that I look at and go, this is like 101 stuff, and there's like this look on their face like, well, I don't know, right? I was just talking to a gentleman uh, literally literally five minutes before the start of our, of, our, of our time together today, and he's been involved in this. I don't, I'm not going to get into names, but a well-known coaching program by a well-known person. And I just ask questions like, well, tell me about, you know, you know how do you, how, you know, tell me about your business plan. Well, we, re we really don't have a business plan. Oh, interesting. Well, systems, right? So this is a this is a team of eight people. Well, hey, how often do you get together? Tell me about your, 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 your weekly team meetings and your monthly retreat. And, you know, tell me about how you operate and communicate as a team. Oh, you know, we get together once a year. We do that. Then it's kind of ad hoc. And I'm going, and by the way, this team, does about $3 million of business, so they're not failing by any stretch, but I'm sitting there going, do you know how much more successful you would be if you really got your act together and put some stuff in place? So systems are important. KPIs are important. In fact, for all of us on this call today, here is the raw material of growth, right? Here's what it will, if you want to grow your business, here's what it looks like, right? Number, here are the raw materials. Number one, in no particular order, leadership, vision. That means you, right? You need to have a vision, have the belief system, have that figured out, and know exactly what you want and why you want it and why you deserve it. That's leadership. Number two, systemization, tracking. KPIs, all those things are the second element of growth. And then the third element of growth is talent. Do you have the right people on your team? Do they have the right skill sets, capabilities, psychology, belief sets? 
all those things matter, right? And so that's KPI systems. And then next one here is personal development. How much time, energy, and effort do you put to making you a better you? Coaching, personal trainers, nutritionists, uh, mastermind groups, uh, study groups, things like that. Why are these things important? Because here's a very important secret. You are the product, not your company. Not your financial plan, not Money Guide Pro, not the asset managers, not, not that. They buy you first. And if you don't like the you, if your product you is not where it, you know it can be or needs to be, then please fix it. How do we do that? There are two. If you think about it, what do you, what, what's required to make you a better you? A couple things. Number one, budget. My belief, and you've, for a lot of you have heard me say this, 5 to 10% of your revenue, 5 to 10% of your revenue needs to be allocated each and every year to making you a better person and professional. And that's, and that's the budget. And then you take time. Remember our concept of strategic time, working on ourselves, right? Well, going, you know, going to a conference is working on yourself. Going to a training is working on yourself. Attending a mastermind meeting is working on yourself. All those things matter. Again, as an industry, we value too much the intellectual capital, not enough the emotional capital, and the emotional capital is the difference maker. Okay? So those are just some X factors. And again, what I'd like you to do is when you look at your one to tens, you know, here's what you're gonna find. This is for everybody. Certain things you do pretty well. Like so you're naturally inclined to be pretty decent slash good. So seven, eight, nine, right? Or eight, nine, ten. Then there's the middle tranche, right? That are like, you know, four, five, six, four, five, six, seven, something like that, right? So not it's not it's not like my God, we're terrible at it, but man, we got some room to improve. So here's what's good, here's what's okay, and then I got the bottom piece, right? The zero is the four. Right? Or the one, the four. I don't think anybody here is really is zero. Um, and those are real holes, man. That's like your boat's got a you know big hole in the side of it. It's taking on a lot of water. And and look for you to get to where. And I'm not here to say what your goals are. It's, it's not you know I don't know a lot of you personally, but if you're wondering why you can't get to where you need to go to, here's why. Here's the diagram right here of what holds you back. Okay, so some of your X factors. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about some of this stuff here. I'm going to reiterate some things here, but I think this is really important. And then if there's some questions, we'll take them. I want to make sure everybody gets a good feel for this. So you know we talk about mindset slash psychology. Um, this is a big one to me, which is a personal responsibility one. I can't tell you how many people over my career have come into my world and they've blamed everybody but themselves. The firm, the economy, compliance, the markets, I mean all this stuff of why, and yet you know they can have the person next to them being tremendously successful, right? Uh, at the end of the day, you own it. And if you don't own it, until you can tell yourself that I'm, hey, the reason why I'm not successful is me, until you can make that statement to yourself, Nobody can help you. Nobody. And I'm being brutally honest with everybody here. This is to me, you know, and I'm not saying you need to raise your hand here. You know, I need, you need to raise your hand with yourself and say, you know what, I'm tired of being average. I'm tired of not accomplishing. I'm tired, and I've got to take a personal responsibility for it. No passing the buck here. It's not the way it works, okay? As I mentioned, 5 to 10%, you are the product. 
I, I will say this, and t t the last time I ever do one of these, will hopefully will be 30 years from now. I will say that this is the, this is, if you ask me about my world, this one thing I've practiced since I was 17 years old. And you got to remember, and for those of you who don't know my story, I'm not going to, you know, take up a ton of time here. I was never formally educated. I didn't go to college. I didn't, I didn't graduate with an advanced degree in anything. I took it upon myself from the time I graduated high school that I was going to always invest back in myself. I got that from I don't even know who, whether it was Zig Ziglar or, or I heard it somewhere, I read it somewhere, and it made such an impression on me that I never forgot it. You know, and I'm in my 50s. I still never forgot it. And here's the cool thing of this rule, by the way, for those of you who are interested in this. You know, when, when you have no money, right, 5% is, well, it's hard, right? And it's not a lot to begin with. So, so in the beginning, 5% gets you a good book, right? You, you go down to the bookstore and you spend, you know, $7.95 on a paperback because you couldn't afford the hard copies because they're like 20 bucks, right? And, and that's what you started with, right? And then as you progress, that 5 or 10% now, you know, you start having, you know, a couple thousand dollars or now you got, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You know, when you keep that rule, here's what happens. You get more momentum because now you can go get the best coaches, join the best mastermind groups, go to the best trainings because you got the budget to go do it, right? That's the cool thing about this process, right? Next piece, the psychology, adversity. Now, I haven't done this in a while, so I'll spend a couple minutes on this real quick. I would love to sit here and say to every one of you, including myself, quite frankly, adversity, here's how you eliminate adversity in your life. And, you know, I take that back. There is a way to do it. It's called death. So bottom line is, you know, if you're going to be living and breathing on this planet, you're going to get adversity from time to time. Now, it could be like a little rain shower or it could be a tsunami. It all is going to depend, right? But here's the thing. I practice adversity prep in advance. Now, how do you do that, Joe? You know, is that like negative thinking? No. You decide in advance what you would do. So, for example, and I'll tell you what I do. You know, I'll share because I don't think I've ever really said this out loud to anybody. So here's the game I play with myself. 50% of my clients fire me overnight. What would I do? 100% of my clients fire me overnight. What would I do? If I couldn't do this anymore, if I was legislated or, um, you know, lawed out, what would I do, right? That's the first thing. If I got a terminal illness, what would I do? If a loved one got a terminal illness, what would I do? If a hurricane came and took my house, what would I do? I live in Florida, right? And again, this is not negative thinking. This is like just thinking through things and saying, well, here's what I would do. Here's the plan. Here's what I would do. And you know, you, you, you're not saying you think about it every day, but you rehearse it. So here's the question I'd ask you all. If your top five clients fired you tomorrow, what would you do? Not that that would happen, but what would you do? And some of you say, I'd freak out? Fine, for how long? An hour, 30 minutes? I'd go out and get blind drunk. For a week, for a month, one happy hour, what would you do? And again, I'm not trying to be you know, trite about this, but you need to think about it. How would you handle it, right? All those things. If, um, you know, what's the, what's the term? If, if, if people in blue windbreakers with FBI or SEC walk into your office one day, what do you do? 
I'm not, and I'm, by the way, I'm not accusing anybody of anything here, right? What would you do? If you got audited, what would you do? This is just about rehearsing that mentally and, and building that muscle, that, that you know, adversity muscle, so that, God forbid, if and when you face something, you don't have an oh shit moment. You're prepared. You're at the ready for it. And you have this muscle memory of here's what we're going to do. I can't tell you how many times that has saved my ass. And how many times of those clients I've spoken to, it has saved their ass. Because, look, adversity will show up in your world. It already has if you really think about it. Okay? Next, time is money, and we all know that. But very importantly, not get caught up in stupid stuff. The Internet, all this other sidebar stuff that we, you know, we get in our way. You, you know, it's like a daily battle to stay focused. Element, activity, results, success. Um, I use the term go play in traffic. Um, one of my clients, great story, I'm not going to get into who it is, it doesn't matter. You know, he and I are playing a little game right now. And the game is a daily game. The game he and I are playing is every day he's got to go out and play in traffic for, for five things. And when I say play in traffic, I mean do five marketing or five business development activities. Send somebody an email, reach out, follow up on somebody, go to a network, it doesn't matter what it is, right? But just go play the game. And, you know, he's only done it for about, he's only started this um, literally this week. So it was about Thursday, so maybe four days into it now. And, you know, I got an email from him this morning because he's got to report in. And, hey, I did this, did this. And, and by the way, uh, I, met this, I met this CPA, and he gave up his license. He's going to refer me all his clients. And that's an opportunity that never would have happened unless he was out there playing in traffic. In other words, activity, right? We need to do that. Next piece, controlled focus state management. Now, what do I mean by state management? What I mean is, you know, and I'll give you a great example. I've got one client, and we'll, you know, he's in the Chicago area. I don't know if he's on the border or not. It doesn't matter. I'll keep him anonymous. He's the guy that when he gets a new client, he's like wants to throw a party for the whole office for like a month, right? It's like, oh, my God, this is so great, and look at this, and I'm cool, and look how successful I am. And then, boy, he gets a no. You would think somebody took his dog outside and shot it. I mean, the guy is like, like devastated. He got to know. That is somebody who has not figured out how to manage their own emotional states, not and not controlling their focus. You need to exercise every day. What I call running in, in my term, a narrow band. Now, what's a narrow band? I never get too excited about the successes. I don't get too upset on the failures. Because I fail too. Look, I get told no. Let me think about it. And you know, you got to roll with it, right? You can't get up. You can't get down. You know, people walk away. Things happen. But if you keep a narrow band and you manage your state effectively, you'll have your resource. Because look, here's what happens to human beings: when they go sideways, when you go, you know, to use his example, when he goes all the way down, right? He loses all his resources. Mentally, he can't think straight. He's like, I suck. I shouldn't be in this. Bit. I mean, it's really. I mean, it's amazing what one can do to oneself if, if motivated right by the wrong things. And this is what happens to a lot of it. And this is, by the way, I hope by now you realize what this game is. The game of success in our industry is: can you manage and lead you? Because that's the game. All the other stuff is secondary, right? 
the training, the broker dealer, the who you associate with, uh, your custodian, what software you use, all that is secondary. Until you master you, you'll do look, people that don't master themselves but surround themselves with this make a very good living, usually. When they if you ever figure it out, you're unstoppable. That's the difference, right? Next, embrace failure. Hey, look, what is failure? Uh, no. I mean, if you really think about in our, in our industry, right? So the, I always like this part. The hardest thing we do, and hear me out on this, the hardest thing we do as in this profession is deal with rejection. That's it. You get told no, or you're fired, or we're taking our money, or get, you get an ACAT form in your inbox in the morning, right? That is usually the worst case scenario we've got. You are not out there as a law enforcement officer or a firefighter or a soldier. You're not getting shot at. You're not trying, nobody's trying to run you over, right? I mean, hell, you even sit in air conditioning. You're not out there you know, doing roofing or construction or landscaping. Man, you sit in your office on your butt and you got to deal with somebody telling you no. That's the hardest thing we do. And for some people in this industry, man, it's, man this business is so hard. It's, no, it's not. It's a, this business is a cakewalk. Go do a real, this is not a real job. But yet we get wrapped up, you know why? Because we get wrapped up in our own little myopic world and we look around and, and oh man, this is so tough and shit, now we got these DOL thing going on and, and they're cutting the grid and, and my expenses are going up and, and, and like, like you're sitting there like you're this victim, right? And you know what I say? Hey, go get another 10 clients. Go raise another $3 million. Go write a couple of policies. Go make things happen, right? Because guess what? You have the power to go do that. You're not a victim. What, what, you, what we have going on is what we call the sea of change. Our industry is evolving. It always has evolved. I can take a, a quote-unquote stockbroker from 1970, teleport them to today, and they would look around and go, what business are you guys in? Because this is nothing like in my days. You know, we, you know where the, where's the blotter? Right? Where's, where, where's, the, where's, where's the ticket pad? How do, you, how do you guys, like, where the, where's the ticker tape, right? They wouldn't recognize our business today. 20 years, 30 years from now, guess what? You're not going to recognize this business. So get ready. Just get, accept the inevitability of that, right? Now, we are going to spend a little time with comfort zones because comfort zones are very important. So I've got a little section here I want to cover. So break through comfort zone. Let's get to that part now. So this was supposed to be a smiley face. My graphic designer forgot that part, and I'm just kidding. It's, so this represents your comfort zone. So let me kind of give you some analysis, okay? So let's say this is what your world looks like today. So inside your comfort zone, what is a comfort zone? A comfort zone is nothing more than those things that you feel very capable, competent in doing, period, okay? I'm comfortable in these, doing these things. So in this example, we use driving, driving a car, Presenting, like presenting a plan, right? Doing planning and administrative function. Those are inside my comfort zone. Here's an interesting part of this, and I'm going to take one of them, the one that's so obvious, right? Driving. Here's a stupid question, and I'll admit, to it, and I'll admit it in advance to its stupidity. Was there a time in your life that you did not know how to drive a car? Yes or no? 
The answer is of course, right? Now you may have been in diapers at the time, right? But you did not know how to drive a car. In fact, there was a time when, well, you didn't know how to tie your shoes or even wipe your own butt. That was all outside of your comfort zone at some point in your life, right? And I'm making this an extreme example to prove a point. What happens as human beings is I want you to think of your comfort zone as this living thing, this, this organism, if you will. And it does one of two things, only one of two things. It either, either expands or it contracts. That's it. It is never, it is always in a state of flux. It is never set. Why is this important? Because a lot of times as we get older, there's a tendency for our comfort zone to shrink. For example, and some of you may know people like this, you know, you know, somebody who's very vibrant and doing things and all of a sudden they get into their 60s and, well, you know, and look, I fell into this trap in my 50s, right? I, some of you, I know some of you were part of the group, you know, when, you were, when, when we were out in uh, Del Mar, I, you know, I talked about my own psychology, like, hey, you know, I used to, I used to always identify as an athlete, right? So my comfort zone athletically was really large. I do all, I play all these sports and do all these things. And then as the, the nicks and the aches and pains and the injuries, right, I started saying, well, now I'm in my late 40s. I probably shouldn't do that anymore. I probably shouldn't do that anymore. And the next thing you know, you know, you kind of like, wow, I'm not, I'm not even working out anymore. Like, what the hell's going on, right? So you've got to be very cognizant of expanding the zone. Until the last day you're on this planet, you've got to be thinking, how do I expand my zone? So here's the ex example. So if this was an advisor, right, what would we notice about this advisor? Number one is, well, they can drive a car for sure, right? But if you notice what? They're, pro they're not a good rainmaker. They're not a good, what, getting to the yes, getting the yes. So asking for the order outside the comfort zone. Asking for referral. I'd rather go get blood than do that, right? Uh, asking for the business, right? Skydiving. I put skydiving here for a very important reason, so hear me out on this because I'm going to give you a story. What would happen, see, now for most business people on this call today, right, you would say, okay, well, I get, I, get the, I, get asking, I get the getting the yes, I get the referral, I get asking for the business, I get all that, right? Tell me how skydiving relates. I'm going I'm to give you the relation right now. One of the rules about, about comfort zones is they tend to be circular, right? So here's what this looks like, and I'll explain in a second. What a lot of people try to do is to fixate on the business problem that they have. Joe, I can't get enough referrals, or I'm afraid to ask, or I don't, or I don't, know, to, or I don't know how to ask, which I think is hilarious. It's like you don't know how to open your mouth, right? But anyway. And they'll sit, and I'm gonna, I'll hold on to this one here, the referral side, right? Because I think everybody gets this one. So you know, they'll, they'll, I mean, they'll spend thousands. Sometimes they'll spend tens of thousands of dollars on referral training, referral systems, referral cards, all this stuff, and none of it works. Like, 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 what? How come the silver bullet doesn't work? Because in your mind, you're not comfortable doing something. So here's the secret. And I've got a client. I'm gonna tell you, sorry. So. Um, I'm gonna, I'll talk about a client named Jeff, and for some of you, it's not the Jeff that I know you're thinking of, but it's a different Jeff that you don't know. And you know, he was always he was always concerned about failure, fear of failure, right? So he wouldn't ask for the business. He'd be afraid his clients would reject him if he asked for referrals, introductions, or mentioned it or whatever. And and I and I said, okay, so so obviously you you got to fear that, fear that. What are and I said to hey, what are some of your other fears, right? And it just like a it was just one of these like off the cuff questions I asked. Hey, what are some of your fears? He goes, 
I'm afraid of heights, man, and I, I can never go skydiving. I said, okay, well, you know, I get that. Fair enough. And makes sense. You know, jumping out of a probably good airplane is not, you know, normal function for people. And then about five years ago, he, you know, uh, he and I were chatting, and he goes, he goes, and he, I forget, he was reading a book like Face Your Fears or something like that. And he said, what would you, Joe, he said, what would you say if I said to you, I'm thinking about going skydiving. And I'd say, well, considering you say you're freaked out by the concept, I'd say you're a brave man, so tell me more. And he said, look, I'm really thinking about doing this. And I said, look, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. If you were to find a way to get outside your own comfort zone and do this and make this happen, it would open your business up to a level that you would not understand, you would be, you wouldn't believe if I told you. And he looked at me like, what do you mean by that? I said, because once you once you successfully accomplish this, which in my mind means you survive it, right? Your brain's going to go, if I can do that, what else can I do? If I can face that, what else can I do? Another term I give this is what I call the monkey on your back. And whether it's, you know, your health, bad, certain bad habits you have, a lot of times breakthrough in a business is not about breaking through the business. It's about breaking through something personally you've dealt, that you've had that you've not dealt with. And you create this association, this new belief. If I can do that, then I can do this. So one of the things I want to impress upon everybody here today is don't sometimes think about, well, how do I get my business better? How do I get more of this or more of that? Because that's a question you've probably been asking yourself for years, if not decades, and guess what? You're not getting the answer or result you want. But maybe you're 50 pounds overweight. Maybe you don't like your self-image. Maybe there's a habit you've been trying to handle and you haven't handled it. And I'm telling you right here, right now, that that's very possible the breakthrough that you need. You know, when, Jeff, when Jeff jumped out that airplane, which I'm sure I wasn't there, but I'm sure it was not fun, yelling and screaming, right? When he hit the ground, he had a new, new he had a whole new association, whole new anchor, right? He faces fear and handle and well, hey man, I could have died doing this. I'm not gonna die by asking for referrals. I'm not gonna die by asking for business. And it liberated him. It's almost like a new life. And I'm giving you an extreme example, but it's a very important example. So I just want you to think outside the box or outside the zone a little bit and recognize that your breakthrough, you may be looking in the wrong direction for it. I've had clients double the revenue by losing 100 pounds, and I'm not a look. I'm not the weight loss coach. I'm not the health coach. I just say, look, you know, maybe instead of putting another, maybe instead of working another five hours a day, maybe what you need to do is take two hours and go to the gym and get your nutritionist. Instead of spending ten thousand dollars a year on this marketing campaign, which doesn't work for you anyway because you're not executing properly, maybe what you need to do is go ahead and go to a, get a personal trainer and a nutritionist. Go spend ten or twenty thousand dollars there this year, and really have a breakthrough. And you know, a lot of people do that, and it works. So just keep that in mind for everybody. I mean, it's very that is one of the X factors that has been very very fascinating to me. So let's move on real quick. I know we we kind of want to wrap up around four fifteen, uh, around five fifteen or so. So business plan look. There is an eight-piece template in Practice Power Academy, so I'm going to go through this quickly. 
get it done. Go in the, if you haven't done, gone in the academy, work on it in the academy. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's good. I made it myself. It's good stuff. Everybody loves it. Just go do it. You'll you'll appreciate it. And then, ideally, as part of your morning ritual, you're going to go look at it every morning, glance, if not the whole thing, an element of it. Uh, twice a year, we update. So once it's, the reason why we have it up in the academy is that once you have it in there, it's in there, and sure, and it's it'll and it will arc, will keep it there forever for you, right? And then all you need to do is twice a year, you know, somewhere between December or January is when you kind of do one tweak, and we're coming up to the midpoint of the year in a couple of weeks. So last week of June, or you know, first second week of July, you want to go back in there at the halfway point and say, okay, how are we doing? How's this happening? Right? We are we on track doing what we do? And, and you'll see in the process, and I know, I know a lot of you have been through it already, that what do you want, why do you want it, and then, again, the how is the easy part. The recipes are easy. You know, the one thing I will say is I've never have worked with a client who had a goal we had not figured out how to do it. There's always a way to get things done. I truly believe that, okay? And, again, we talk about specific, measurable, outside comfort zone. So, again, you want to be setting these things up that it's a little stretch for you, and we talk about ranges and stuff like that. Um, it's another. It's again. It's another piece. All, all my top clients live and breathe with their business plans. They're around them all the time. They're cognizant. Uh, some of them, I know, even some of them on, on the on the uh, in the meeting here today, actually actually will verbally record them into their iPhone. So they walk their dog, or they they go on a hike. They don't have to like you know reading and walking or hiking or reading and driving, not, not so good, right? But, but if you can take your own and hear your own words or have your children do it, which is really cool, and you have it narrated and you just listen to it every day and, and you know, your business plan becomes like this poetry in your mind where you just own it all the time and it becomes, it becomes like this thing you go for. A lot of you are not nearly as intimate with your plan as you need to be, and that's the truth, and you need to fix that. Daily game plan. Again, we have an e-learning series in uh, Practice Power Academy on this. But, but you know, one of you know my elements here again. What matters here? Not you know, I probably haven't said this in a while. So let me say this. Um, he uh, a couple years passed away. Uh, he was one of my uh, all my clients are favorite. Uh, but he he was at some levels most favorite. Uh, Bill is his first name uh, from Colorado. Uh, he hired me when he was 72 years old. And that was like 15 years ago, and he was he was in his business because he need, he wanted he needed something to do. He didn't need to be in his business because he needed to be in his business. And I remember, you know, uh, he and I got the chance to be we visited one. Time. We were in we we're gonna be we ended up going to the same conference at the same time. So I not met him. We finally got to meet, and you know we sat down and we had dinner, which is nice. And um, and I said to him, so look, you know, yeah, you know. I was always curious, why'd you hire me? Because you didn't need to, right? Of a lot of people I run across, trust me, I know who needs me, who doesn't, you really didn't need me. And, and he said, I always want to know what's going on, and I never believe that I'm that good, that I can't be better. And I said, well, this is why this guy does $5 million a year in his company and has probably a net worth of over $50 million because he's probably the most humble person you'll meet and he's open to help. That's the first thing I noticed, right? But but I said to him, I said, look, if you had to distill your success down to, you know, one sentence, one narrative, what would it be? And he, he really thought about that because you know it's a question you don't you know it's a question you don't normally ask people. 
And you know, he repl- he thought about it and he kind of looked at me and he goes, here's what I'm going to tell you. He goes, I've had a 50-year career almost now. And by all measurements, it's been wildly successful. And I'm humbled by it. But if you ask me how I got here, here's how I tell you. He goes, my career is really nothing more than than a great than several great decades, which have been nothing more than several great years, which have been nothing more than several great quarters, which is nothing more than several great months, several great weeks, and then you boil it down to the most important thing: make each day count. Make it your masterpiece. Play the day. Play the game every day. That's what he told me. And you know, when you hear something, you're like. You know, I was like, not that you get this epiphany, but it really honed into me how important every day is. And it also reminded me how much time or how many days the typical advisor wastes and just being side, sideways, right? So you have to make this count every day. You know, again, a level 10 experience. Every hour matters. It has to be in writing. Um, I would say for most people, and you know, it was interesting. Like this client just told you, we're playing this daily game, right, about getting stuff and go playing in traffic. You know, way we, how we ended up here, by the way, with him, was he came to me on a call this week on Monday, and he goes, "I think I need more structure." And I go, "You suck at structure, man." You've always sucked that structure. So why do you think structure is going to work for you now? Did you get hit in the head or something? And I and I say it like that because I'm pretty direct and I like to you know kind of have a little fun with it too. I said, look, unless you've got a lobotomy over the weekend, you're not structured. So let's not go that way. So look, what you need to accept is you're a free-form guy, and there's nothing wrong with being a free-form guy. But what you need is outcomes. So instead of worrying about structure, let's worry about outcomes. And I say, look, go play five times a day. Go do five things. I don't care if you do it six o'clock at night, six o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Obviously, you're not going to call anybody, but send an email. I don't care what you do, but in every 24-hour period, every day, you're going to do these five things, right? And so, for most people in this industry, and this is kind of an epiphany sometimes, you've been trying your entire career to become the structured, like this rigid, structured, organized human being, right? And guess what? That ain't you. You can do it for a couple of days here and there, but at some point your brain just goes, nope, this is crazy, and you kind of bounce back. Work within who you are. I've got, and I do have clients that are highly structured, and that's cool. And I got clients that, like I just said, forget it, never will happen. And you know, you just don't make a right hander or left hander. You just don't do that, right? It is what it is. So you work within the system that you're given, and you can pull it off, okay? Make sure it's, it's results-based, activity-based, measurable. Make sure it's part of your business plan. Do not overly complicate it. And make sure it's got you know everything in it, right? Personal and professional goals is what it needs to have. And, and again, inside of Practice Power Academy, I think a three or four-part part e-learning system on, on daily game plans. You know, we're not going to beat it up here today. Here's something that is really important. You know, the concept of never being satisfied. Now, so... Here's here's an important thing. Um, I have been accused, and they're accurate, that I'm never I'm I'm never satisfied, and you know I'm always like you know how much is enough or anything like that. 
And you know, I, I've wrestled with personally. I've wrestled with that. You know, I say, well, am I am I weird or something? Am I off? And I've come to the conclusion that no, um, I am grateful for what I've accomplished. I'm grateful for the life I have, but I always know there's a next level. I always know there's another. There's a way to elevate, right? I'm I'm everything I do, right? I woke up one day and I said, practice power academy. Great. People pay for it. Great. Some people, you know, people pay, I go sell, it's paying, you know, who got time to go sell? I said, well, and I, I asked myself this question, what would happen if I just gave the whole thing away? All my blood, sweat, and tears, here, on me, no strings. That because I woke up one day and said, what's next, right? How do I, how do I add massive value to the industry, right? A legacy, right? Because now that's what it's about for me. I want to leave a legacy here. Here's one way, right? Point being is this: just be, you know. So for a lot, look, our industry does a couple things for you all. If you're brought up in an, if you're brought up in, I don't care if you're a wirehouse or independent, but you're brought up in a BD environment, they do these things called club, right? Chairman's club, president's club, double, triple chairman's club, whatever it happens to be, and and you know they train you, they condition you like a dog. By the way, my personal opinion. They condition you like a dog to go after the bone, right? And two things happen, maybe three. And number one, you get the bone, and then you say to yourself, well, shit, how do I stay here, right? Because I don't want to go below the thing. Or you get there, it's a hollow victory. Okay, so now what, right? Or you get there, and now you don't get back your two. And now you feel like you're, now you feel like you're a total failure. Or you never get there, and you really feel like a failure, right, from that perspective. Nothing good comes of these things. So here's my point. Always be moving forward with a goal. Always be moving forward. Five to twenty percent minimum revenue growth each and every year. That needs to be your your intent, minimally. So five percent if you're just kind of hanging right, because you're gonna have people die, you're gonna have some RMDs, you know, some people are gonna leave you. So have that. As Nike says, just do it. And and like we talk about, invest in yourself. Figure out what you need to do. Make this happen. Uh, we're going to have a call on procrastination, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because I think it's um, I don't want to I don't want to give it a five minute thing and and not do it not do it justice. So we'll we'll cover that. Either I'll cover it there, or I'll I'll do a podcast on on procrastination. Uh, here's the other thing: incremental improvement. A lot of times I find advisors as human beings we get greedy. We know we're type A's, right? So you know if I sit there and say, hey, um, great example. I'm talking to somebody and I say, well, let's walk through how do you, how do we want to grow our business? Well, I'd love to get some I'd love to get some client referrals. I said, great, okay, that's cool. Um, how are we currently doing that? Well, we're not, okay. Um, and then I'll say, well, you know, how many times a day would you be comfortable in bringing it up, like, you know, hey, keep me in mind, or don't keep it a secret, or any? It doesn't matter what you say. There's no, and we don't need to get into that today. But you know, the verbiage part, right? And 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 you know, and they and they go like. Oh, I could do that 10 times a day. So great. You haven't done it 10 times in the last 12 months. What makes you think that you're going to sit there and flip a switch and now become this, this referral machine, right? It doesn't happen. And they get that, right? I got to talk them off it. So here's the thing. And I think I and I put out a it was one of my brain foods. I think it was this week or last week, and I forget, but I do them every day. Um a 1% improvement daily or even weekly, compound it, 
profound effect on your success. And I really think that's really the key. Incremental improvement. Don't try to hit it out. Number one, you'll fail most likely. Number two, you'll be frustrated. And number three, it's not sustainable. Too much change, right? And last thing I want to say on this is, again, business growth, personal growth, this matters. I know a lot of you analyticals don't like this because it's like, it's, oh, Joe, it's fooey, right? And I, look, I, I've got some clients that I really have to fight them on, you know, hey, you're a CFA, I get that. You're a CFP, I get that. You're a CMA, I get that. You went to Harvard, I get that. You got a JD, and I got a guy like this. And it's like, you know, extra long business card for all his kind of collection of, of stuff, right? And, and, and I go, yeah, but you're, I said, you're, you're one of the brightest people I know, but you're, and, I said, and I've said this to him, and that's why he keeps me around, but you're an idiot at the same time because while you're the, one of the bright people, you can't, you just don't know what you don't know because you're not willing to look at it. And this is the battle I have, right? I got a very bright human being who's stupid at the same time. And our industry has a lot of them, right? And I'm telling you, this is a personal development business, not an intellectual capital business. And a lot of times we don't want to hear that because, well, it sounds weird, right? And it's not what you're used to hearing because when you were brought up in this industry, what do they give you? Training. What kind of training? Product training. Maybe some sales training if you were lucky, and that was probably not even that good. It was probably to sell this product and not go to jail, quite frankly. Um, and that's it. And that's all they did. So you know, we want to be very, 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 uh, you know, clear on that. This is a personal development business. That's the secret. A couple things real quick, and I, I want to, you know, get us out of here. Um, KPIs. Know your numbers. This is to me, it's it's shocking. How many people in this industry don't have this? So let me kind of go over this, you know, pretty quick. Uh, number one, if I said you, so in the last, how about this? Since the beginning of the year, December, January 1st, how many referrals did you get in? How many new clients? What kind of networking do we do? If you do any direct mail or online stuff, you know, how do you measure it? Seminars, how do you track all that, right? If I said to you, how much does it cost you? Here's one. What's it cost you to keep have a client? So what is each household's contribution to overhead? Could you tell me that? Can you tell me how much minimum margin you need or profitability you need per household to be viable? How much does your A client bring in? What's the average? B client, what's the average? C client, what's the average? And then what's the cost to serve those clients? So how much money and energy and effort does it take for an A, a B, a C? What's that look like? You need to know that. How many of you have a budget, whether it's in QuickBook or FreshBook or even an Excel spreadsheet? I'll send it. How many of you, and I know some of you, some of you are like, well, I work in this firm. You still have your own business. You still have your own P&L. you got to understand that. And, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was lucky enough. I, um, I met a woman. Her name was Kathy, her name was Kathy Iconis uh, of, the Icon, of the Iconis group. And Kathy is one of those really bright people, and she specializes in, in like, being a CFO, a virtual CFO for financial advisors. And I thought I knew a lot about numbers, you know, not that I'm number-oriented, but I've been around a long time, and, you know, she works for a couple of my clients. And I look at her reports I get, you know, that actually she sends my clients, and I get copied on them, and I just sit there and go, 
man, look at that trend. Look at this. Look at that. Look at you know. Look, look how long it. Look at the. Look how long it takes us to get this person to get that money in the door. So, you know, like it's like wow. I mean, we got like three thousand dollars of cost. When when they're in the prospect pool and in the pipeline, you know, we got about three k out there in time and 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 you know overhead. And boy, you know, by the time they say yes to us, we get the money invested, so on and so forth. You know, you know, we got a we got a cash flow back. This like you know, 120, 180 days sometimes, right? I never would have known that without her reports. I'm still learning this, right? I'm always looking to get better. And then here's my favorite. And you know, I'm not. I would I would love to take a poll, but I'm not going to do that. How many of you here have your own financial plan, personal financial plan? And it's accurate and up to date, right? That to me is, you know, that speaks volumes, right? It speaks volumes. How can you propose something you're not even sure if you value yourself? And that's that's, that's all I really want to say about that. Uh, a couple of things, real quick. Technology comfortable, right? CRM. Look, Redtail, Salesforce. Um, your firm's got what you got. That's fine. I totally understand that. You've got to understand. You've got to really get it nailed down. Incredibly important to do. Um, your contact manager is your central nervous system. You need to be intimate with it. You need to know it at a high level. Incredibly important. Uh, mastery of financial plan. You know whether again you're using uh, Money Guy Pro, eMoney, or whatever you know tool you have. Um, now some of you may use a power planner, right, or CFP on staff. So I don't need you intimate with it but you better know how to pull stuff off and present it. I think that's really important. Uh, other element, you know, can you work mobily? Can you work remotely? Are you set up to do that? If I plucked you in a Starbucks for the day, could you be effective? If, you, if I plucked you in wherever for a week, could you work and run your business if you needed to, right? All those things are important. Um, email, you know, virtual serving the client with email and being more web-based. Um, all of you should know should be able to execute a virtual review. So whether that's with um, GoToMeeting or um, Skype, right, or whatever, or Zoom, or whatever other tool that you have access to through your firm or platform. Again, you want to do that. And and look what we're doing today, right? You know, here you are. You know, you, we're visiting together, learning opportunities. Take advantage of webinars and recorded webinars and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we're going to take this. We're recording this. This will be put up on our YouTube channel, and you can watch this from your phone. You can rewatch this or re-listen to it if you just you don't need to see me again um, on on a mobile phone. It's really really good stuff. So don't be afraid to uh, take advantage of that, right? And then uh, you know, a couple last things real quick. Sustainability. Our world is the ultimate lifestyle business. There's no retirement date. You can do things on your own. Um, I think that, to me, is really important. Uh, embrace it. The, you know, I, I say this with, with absolute congruency. We operate in a great industry. Think about this. for, And I want, I want everybody to kind of, yeah, I think we, we say the word sometimes, but I think it, it eludes us the meaning of it. Where else can you have an industry or profession or business where you could have time freedom if you build it a certain way and economic abundance, right, which is you make as much money as you want 
and sustainability. If you're fee-based and assets under management-based, recurring revenue-based, totally sustainable. You don't have to go kill it every day and kill what you eat and stuff like that. Think about that. Where else? What other profession has that? I'm telling you right now, it doesn't exist. I've looked. I've vetted. I've done the case studies. Realtors have to sell. Dentists have to drill. Doctors have surgeons have to cut. Doctors have to probe. Lawyers have to. I don't know what lawyers really do, quite frankly. CPAs have to do forms, right? Where else do you have what we have? Show it to me. Can't find it. I've looked, right? I'll even go as far as saying you all have a better model than me. Because for me to do what I do, and I love what I do, so it's not an issue for me, I have to do things like this, right? It's not, nobody's going to just donate to the Church of Joe, right, or to the business of Joe, right, because you all feel good about it, right? I have to provide value. I don't get recurring revenue like that. Think about that, right? So why is that important? Make sure you get enough time away from the business. Make sure you have your bucket list. Make sure you, you hit the gym, right? Enjoy the pro. You know, there's no rules here. You know, I know we have all this compliance and rules-based stuff, but at the end of the day, guess what? All of you can go into module number one right now in business in business plan builder, in practice power academy, and articulate your ultimate vision, and I will guarantee you, I can get you there, because I've yet to find somebody I can't. That is the beauty of our business. And don't be afraid to create a, life, a list of lifetime experiences. You know, the bucket list. You know, why, and, and this is to me really important, why wait to do certain things? What, you know, once I catch up, once I'm less busy, you know, once I'm this, once I'm that, hey, nobody has a guarantee we're, gonna, we're even going to be here tomorrow. So take advantage of those things now. It's incredibly important, okay? And that is my presentation for today. If there's any questions, um, any comments you want to make, you know, we've got a couple minutes. I'm happy to take them and, and see if I can answer or add something. I know Kate put some things on there. Um, thank you for the comment about the personal business plan. I think that's really cool, um, you know, from that perspective. Uh, if there's any questions, you know, again, put it in the question box. I'll leave it open for a minute or two. If not, no big deal. We'll, I'll let you get off. I know on the East Coast it's getting kind of late here. No big deal. Um, I'll give it a couple seconds. Last comments before we uh, so say goodbye. Because I know, you know, I know there's a number of you here. Um, I appreciate you all taking the time out. I, I, if you, I hope you get the sense that I care. I love to share. I love to add value. None of you paid to be here. It's open, and I hope you found the time valuable. We'll put this up on Practice Power Academy. We'll put this up on our YouTube channel. Um, I will see you all, hopefully, on our July webcast. We'll announce that with the topic and the date and time. Typically, going forward, I know they're on Wednesdays, midday, and that was kind of hinky for some people, quite frankly, um, is that you know Thursday afternoons, I think, is a little bit better. So we're going to go with Thursday afternoons. And oh, Skip, hey. Thank you so much. And by the way, I checked out on LinkedIn the other day. I'm so happy you found a platform that really you can take advantage of what, what you're passionate about because I know your story. And I'm really, really thrilled that you've uh, 
you found a good place to really do some planning and some, add some value and, and things like that. And if I remember actually not have like 2,000 clients or something crazy like that. So with that being said, I think we're all wrapped up. Uh, thank you all for being here. Enjoy the rest of your week, rest of the rest of your weekend uh, coming up. And uh, see you next month. And with that, we are out.